Sean Neese, and on this show, I talk with people who live outside the box and provide a platform for opinions that aren't often heard in the mainstream media. And this episode, in particular, is definitely about views that are not heard in the mainstream media. I know a lot of times I bring on people who are pursuing a passion outside the typical 9-to-5, artists, activists, comedians, bloggers, filmmakers... And I talk to them about their craft, but I also like to bring on people with unusual perspectives or perspectives outside the mainstream, and that's what I did for this episode. And this episode, I'm talking to somebody I met a long time ago at Improv. His name is David Ross, and we got into an interesting conversation about Bitcoin. He's really into that. That's mainly what he talks about, and as he says himself, his views on Bitcoin are more extreme than most people into Bitcoin. And we also talked about, uh, like, he's very into quantum physics and dreams we talked about. And, you know, he's into consciousness and the universe. And uh, he has some interesting views about that. And we, we got into interesting views, uh, interesting uh, discussion about that at Improv a long time ago. And I remember at the time I told him I thought it would make an interesting podcast. It was just a very long time ago that I met him, and that he su- and that he suggested that. So I he needed to remind me about some of the stuff we were talking about. But overall, it was a very good conversation. I wasn't super informed about Bitcoin and some of the topics related to that he was talking about. I tried to inform myself about it, but. I find it very confusing, so I let him talk about it a lot of the time, and I just try to understand, like, clarify what he was saying for listeners who might not really know too much about what he's talking about either. Uh, but it, it was very interesting to hear his perspective, and I enjoyed the chat with him. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, so... Joining me today is David Ross. Um, we met at Improv a while ago, and uh, yeah, I know you, we, we talked about you coming on my podcast before. I know you like to you like to talk about like a lot of different topics, like politics and uh, spirituality, and Bitcoin was like a topic you like to talk about a lot. Uh, so yeah, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself and. Uh, just tell us about yourself and uh, what what got you interested in these topics. I have become interested, I guess, in Bitcoin around, around 2012 when I first used it to buy LSD. The right thing was like $90. And then that year, it went up to like 1200 And I was like, how is, how is it possible that we're too examined it? And and uh, in 2013, really buy that much until 2015 when uh, playing professional poker it wasn't it was so great playing poker. So I put the, my bankroll into Bitcoin and went back to school. So what is Bitcoin exactly? It's like digital money and uh, it's uh, it's digital it's digital gold. Uh, I I see it as a response to. Uh, the financial system uh, instabilities of uh, 2008, uh, specifically how the, uh, the, there was lack of liquidity in the system and we required we required the federal government to step save the existing system, which they did. Uh, politically, I feel that that policy was pretty unpopular because it rewarded uh, the people that caused the chaos and uh, destabilized the system. Uh, and, I, and I saw the need 
digital gold in a sense. Uh, something something that is liquid and is universally uh, accepted. So, so you think there's like a danger with this, or do you think it's more of a positive kind of? I, I I see it. I see it as a really uh, positive thing. Uh, it is censorship. It is censorship uh, resistance, meaning that. Uh, it's open for everyone to use, and uh, you can't you can't uh, you can't uh, exclude anyone from using it in any way. You can't confiscate uh, their money. Governments, uh, in, specifically in other countries, uh, have had, and even in this country, uh, policies which allow allows them to confiscate wealth from people. Um, and, uh, in, the 19th, in the 1970s, uh, it was illegal to own more than $100 in gold. And anyone who had more than gold had to sell, had to sell it. And uh, during, during uh, wars that we have had in the past, uh, private individuals have been uh, robbed by their government, even in this country. Uh, the most recent example around the world uh, would be Cyprus. Um, which is a little island uh, in the Mediterranean off the coast of uh, Greece and Italy that uh, was having a banking crisis where their their national their national debt um, uh, became unsustainable. So, in order, in order to in order to uh, fix fix the crisis, they decided what they're going to do is. Um, for everyone who has more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank, to to take uh, half 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 of that uh, half of their money. So people around the world saw that, and this uh, this kind of what caused the speculation and uh, the uh, 2012. Uh, there's two bubbles that year. Early 2012, the price ran from uh, twelve dollars to $260, and a lot of that was the uh, awareness of people were getting that, uh, yeah, you, the political system isn't as stable as, or the financial system isn't as stable as it seems, and you can't, you can't trust uh, that governments are going to continue to uh, be good for your portfolio. It's wise to invest the way. Uh, the current the current system such such that uh, in hedge for a lot of people and a lot of people talk about it is hedge against times of crisis. So, so I'm, what you're saying is you don't want the government interfering in the economy at all. Like so, no, like no, or what is it? You well, uh, it's mostly it's mostly centralized banking. I feel like the central centralized banking system. Is uh, very uh, corrupted and un- unjust in in the sense that if money is traded, there's no co- there's no cost uh, to printing money. We used to be on the gold standard, and then there actually was like a real world uh, conversion that you could make. But uh, since we left the gold gold standard under Richard Nixon. Uh, and uh, um, there, there's no, no conversion, and money gets printed for nothing. And then lent, uh, lent to these big financial institutions and in, in, um, in our government uh, at, uh, at a rate that does not necessarily reflect. Uh, the cost of money for for the av- for the average person pays a pays a huge markup, uh, and certain individuals are permitted to use resistance and, and uh, you know become banks and uh, the the agencies that um, monitor the banks they they are uh, often they're, uh, like. Financial in the financial crisis, well, there are major rating agencies. The ratings, uh, the 
States became Egypt, and they uh, they are allowing uh, the AIG to insure massive amounts of uh, debt and using their stock rating. I have to admit, like I'm a little like confused with all this. Like I, I don't, I don't understand it entirely. What you're saying is you, you think digitized money and like using like less resources. That's what you're talking about with like the lawnmower. Uh, you think that the key is like using less, like or being more mindful of how we use our resources and not and like kind of sharing them, and then also using digital Bitcoin money in, uh, as a way to hold on to money and not allowing, like, uh, the central bank or the government to just, like, confiscate that money. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin is, in my eyes, the best store of value long-term uh, because it uh, has the scarcity principle behind it. There are only 21 million Bitcoins that can ever be minted. And in order to mint a new Bitcoin, you need to buy specialized hardware, which costs thousands of dollars. And you need to, in this hardware, it can be all the other 
miners on the network. The amount of bitcoins that are released every 10 minutes is is uh, capped. It used to be 50, then 25, then 12. In two years, it's going to go. It's going to go down to 6.5, and it's going to keep uh, doing that every two years until 20, uh, 2150, and. Uh, there will be no more bitcoins. There will only be the mining fees that the, the miners collect. Right, so, so what are you like looking to do with this, like, or about this? Uh, my my uh, focus uh, right now is on uh, specialized software for uh, providing liquidity, and specifically in the uh, Bitcoin derivative market. Um, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies where uh, um, it, it's, it's uh, incorporating a decision tree so that uh, you can create algorithms that are uh, very detailed and layered and have, um, have, can have like thousands of nodes uh, to, to them or multiple decision points and uh, um, each, in each decision point uh, when you fall into that bucket you specify which which coins you want to be trading um, uh, how large you want to be set and, and uh, yeah it, it just allows for quick uh, iteration on uh, develop, developing uh Algorithms for the current market conditions because the market conditions do change so fast. You want you want to be able to um, have multiple trading strategies at once and uh, test them out against it, one another. And it also it also uh, incorporates AI uh, where you can where you can have um, the entire trading process controlled by certain uh, specialized neural networks representing nodes in the trade. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish I like I understood like this kind of technical stuff like a little a little more. Um, <laughs> so, I guess so. So, what what is your what is your goal with it? like? Where do you want this to, to one day be? I guess what your uh, this business you're starting and everything. Uh. Of like a like a grand goal, I want I want to make the financial sector more uh, accessible to more participants. Um, and I believe that each, each decision tree can be tokenized, and uh, it kind of uh, I mean, not like the mutual fund or hedge fund industry uh, isn't very uh, accommodating to people that are maybe poor. So you want the common man to be able to invest more easily. You want to, you want to have like uh, a market that's more like where where people like where, where it's not just the same people who've always been rich investing. I guess is what you're saying. Uh, increased competition in the financial sector. Um, okay, so you're like you're like pure free market, like no. You don't, you don't want any government interference? Is that, I guess, your stance? Uh, I, feel, I feel like there are opportunities for, uh, for government in the market. Uh, specifically, uh, when, when it comes to like ec- more of like, uh, like equities and, and sharing, auditing um, companies, making sure that they're being honest with their finances because we have had situations in the past, like Enron. A lot of people got hurt uh, um, because they were spending tricks they were employing to artificially inflate their stock price. And that's theft. So I think like government should have place in making, making sure that people um, aren't being deceived. But they they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't necessarily. Um, you know, and uh, be so involved in like setting 
ability for people to create their own currency um, and, tie it, and tie it to a basket of assets, just like we are seeing with Facebook, um, like Libra. I believe the world is going to go in the future more and more. There'll be more, more currencies dealing with the dollar. Okay, so so I understand. So you're saying the government should be able to like keep uh, like corpor- corporations in check, so they're not deceiving people or doing anything unethical. But you think the currency of money, like the way money's made, should be left to uh, the private sector, and you know, uh, I guess using Bitcoin and some I of the other. Because right now, the way money's being created, it is private. The, the, like the Federal Reserve is a private uh, institution. Uh, they have federal, in it, but that's only because they're appointed by the government out of out of the crisis that occurred in uh, 1914. 19, uh, similarly, that was the same year that income tax started. Income tax uh, is how the dollar is able to maintain its value because the debts are backed by the credit of the American people. And a new baby born into this system is estimated to pay $200,000 more than they're ever going to collect from, from, from the system. So it has got to my generation put this large burden on. We really have this large burden placed on us uh, in a way in a way where um, the private companies are um, profiting from our hard our sweat labor and our hard work. So, so you like, want specifically, specifically one private company that's uh, in bed with all the major, all, like all the all the major banks get preferral treat, treatment. They're able to access money a lot cheaper than other people, and, and then the rules that are on them are uh, are very lenient. So the people doing like the actual work aren't getting as much money as like the the, the people who are. Like yeah, on top. Uh, yeah, and yeah. because it's kind of like a monopoly. They have a monopoly over money. There's there's a monopoly on money in the currency and everything too. Is what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So you don't you don't want to give too much free reign to anything, whether it's government or a private, a large private entity, because either way it could be too much. Could be dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it poses a systemic risk. All right, so I guess so. I guess Bitcoin was the main thing you wanted to come on to talk about, right? Because I know you also were talking a lot about politics, and then you were into like uh, consciousness. I think was what you were talking about. I, I know we got into like a long talk, but it's been like yeah. a lot. It was yeah, like I'm a really, yeah. I'm really into uh, studying quantum physics, and uh, uh, I believe. Uh, the hermetic principles, and they're very, very ancient. Uh, it's very ancient philosophy dating all the way back to ancient Egypt. Um, and and then quantum physics really does embody uh, like every single one of these uh, properties. So you're saying that, like physics, like the, there's a, a collection, there's a connection between modern day uh, physics and some of the early, uh, like, like uh, religious studies of like ancient Egypt. Yeah, I'm gonna read out the the seven hermetic principles. Okay, the principle of mentalism. Um, that all, all, everything is consciousness, all is mind. The principle of correspondence, the principle of vibrancy, the principle of rhythm, the principle of causality, and the principle of gender. Okay. So, um, one of the things for me that is like really mind bending is in quantum physics. Uh, the level set, the setup where they use a, 
a razor where um, it truly does prove that even if even if the photon were to hit were to hit uh, the, the screen um, and you were to detect their entangled pair after they contact with, with that screen um, even the fact of you detecting it after it supposedly hit the screen affects whether or not you see uh, particle behavior or wave-like behavior. So just by, just by recording that information and then by scrambling that recording, um, it changes the outcome of the experiment after it actually occurs. So uh, that's the strongest, strongest evidence that there are very uh, everything everything is happening all at once so um so you can correlations like uh um I, I kind of think of it as like uh uh there's a there's a force at play that uh, kind of holds everything together and consciousness seems to be fundamental and how, how reality um, is, it's, uh, is being displayed. The conscious observation changes, changes, uh, changes what, what, uh, what happens. So that kind of, yeah, there's a lot of philosophers and they're like, does that mean the universe can't exist if no one's watching it, you know? And stuff, you know, questions, existential questions like that. And, uh, it, it, uh, really, it really is, it really is interesting because it seems that reality, uh, kind of conforms to our beliefs, but, uh, like a collective, a collective. But wasn't, the, but I thought that, but I thought, like, uh, the universe came, like, but I mean, the universe was, like, created before there was life, but, so what was the what was like the consciousness or the the thought sh- shaping it then? Uh, well, if you look if you look at uh, the universe from like a very zoomed out perspective, there is a term called a Boltzmann brain, where the universe uh, behaves uh, in the way it is structured is very similar very similar to to a brain the structure of a brain and uh just how mat- matter is clumped together and uh um it it, it sort of it, uh it, sh- it sort of shows its own own intelligence I, I would i wouldn't i am pretty certain that uh god is consciousness and the universe is conscious of itself even before even before humans existed so i yeah i mean that's that's an interesting idea that the the universe kind of works like a brain because i was thinking like how you know you write a story you create characters or you you know you write a piece of music it's kind of like you know how life has been kind of there's all this like uniqueness to life it's kind of like whatever energy is like creating all this whether it's like a you know if you want to give like a scientific or like a, a spiritual like explanation for it it's kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like it was writing its own story or like creating its own work of art in the universe or like its own, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of like we came from, it's like that same creative energy that's in us. It's like the universe, like we, we yeah. were its art piece. Yep, there's this universal conscious field um, and a lot of famous scientists like Einstein um, spoke, of, spoke of it um, and Thomas Edison. They said ideas would come to them out of the ether. Like these, these ideas already already existed. They already were in the realm of, uh, of the, the potentiality. Just had to, uh, we just had to realize the potentiality. Um, and a lot of ancient spiritual traditions, they talk, they talk about uh, this conscious field that emanates everywhere, everywhere, first and connects all living things. Hmm. Like we're all one. Well, I know in physics it talks about like all being the same matter. Like there's even like a scientific uh, basis. I've been wanting to read more about physics. Um, 
I know I, I want I know Neil deGrasse Tyson has like a, a book that looked like a good place to start with that it was like who do you recommend like as far as like people that talk about like physics quantum physics and all that um well I, I, I like to kind of have like a wide approach to it like uh and, and study it because quantum physics is uh pretty uh, it shows up it shows up this is kind of surprising like we're learning more more about how our DNA works on a quantum level and how and how biological life has evolved um so uh, to take advantage of uh, of the quantum world uh, so that, that that has been a pretty interesting topic for me um but also I would just uh Richard Feynman like he was he was he was uh he is a genius he he revolutionized the whole field of quantum physics because he, he was like a student uh, in, in school and, it, it just, and he tried to stump his professor he's like what if there is a string with infinite amount of slits and there is an infinite amount of paths the particle could take so he had an infinite amount of screens that had an infinite amount of slits um, and that, that was like uh, really um, him and his uh, his peers in that class really um, really changed really changed the way we thought about reality just by just by posing and he's kind of like a rebel he's really fun to listen to um, some of his old videos on YouTube he just poses he poses uh, he has a very interesting way of explaining things he has he has the he's uh, been dubbed the great explainer it's just, it's just so uh, so easy to listen to him it's so entertaining so you think like everything's? Do you think everything's like predetermined? Like everything's uh, like, or, or is there free will, or is it all like destiny? Is all kind of just like is everything already kind of like planned in this universe? I can't really answer that. I don't, like uh, I kind of, I kind of have gone back to that point. Like uh, I, I do believe. Uh, uh, the, the universe is very synchronistic, where um, like certain certain things will happen to kind of influence and guide you um, on the right path. Um, and when you stray from this path, like the path that you're supposed to be on, and the world's gonna the world's gonna like throw throw shit your way, and like uh, you're gonna you're gonna be able to know. Um, it's just, just uh, like things will start happening, like, um, yeah, that, and then uh, like opportunities will open to get you, uh, to get you to want to be doing the right thing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, because sometimes I get like uh, deja vu or stuff like that, or so- sometimes uh, I don't know. There's just like strange coincidences. It seems like everything was like synchronized. Or connected in a way. Yeah, I, I, I experienced uh, my first tel- telepathic experience on ayahuasca, um, and that really opened my eyes. Because I, I, I used to be like a non-believer and not not believing that uh, that you could communicate pictures specifically um, without without talking and. Um, and on ayahuasca, um, there are countless reports of, uh, of 60 people in ceremony, um, having the same hallucination as the other people are not mm-hmm. talking to them. They only find out after the ceremony that, uh, oh, did you see that part of the ceremony where, where there was like this crazy monster eating a snake or something? And if you look, like, recount it exactly, um, uh, having, having the exact, seeing the same things, and, uh, I, I wasn't able to see into someone else's dream, because when you take ayahuasca, it really puts you in this dream state, but, uh, one of the women, women that, uh, actually invited me, she, uh, in, in Las Vegas, she facilitates, like, an integration circle, and has been to, like, 50 or 100 ceremonies, 
she was able to see um, into what I was experiencing and tell and tell me uh, um, what I saw. And what I saw was like ones and zeros, um, computer code that was uh, kind of running on this uh, on this tape. Um, and there's different uh, patterns that uh, that would pop out um, in different colors and different shapes. And uh, and she she was like, yeah, I was looking, I was looking into your dream, and I thought you were seeing that, which is, um, I guess, the things that uh, there's a lot of similarities too behind what people see. They they have um, they have they have experience they have experiences. There's like these uh, ancient archetypes um, that we tap into this conscious field, and and uh, these archetypes. Um, kind of repeat even even across cultures or people that don't even speak the same language. Hmm. So 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 you think there's uh, there's evidence that it it, it goes beyond uh, just something that's happening in your brain because there's been experiences where people see the same exact hallucination like this like this is uh and this is this has been documented. Like in yeah. Sort of put, yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, the the science behind it is uh, um, when you take when you take uh, the MOAI, mm-hmm. it, it uh, kind of opens you up uh, emotionally, so you're more you're more receptive. Um, uh, and when when you take the DMT. Uh, the DMT is found found in our in our third eye, which had which evolved from the lizard. Um, they had it. Lizards, uh, some lizards still do. They have uh, an eye um, sticking upwards so they can see predators from the air. Um, so our our eye isn't sticking out anymore. It is gone. It's gone in our heads. Um, but in our third eyes is our uh, pituitary gland. Which uh, regulates dreaming and uh, waking and dreaming. Uh, it produces melatonin, serotonin, um, EMT. Yeah, yeah, the, the, and that's the same drug that comes out when you right before you die. DMT, right? That's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, 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 the DMT crystal it's, itself is is very special. Uh, if you were to uh, hit this crystal with a hammer, it would burst into every color of the rainbow. Um, uh, I forget exactly what the right term is. Like photo kinesthetics, uh, where it can it can take in vibrations and out pops a photon. So you put energy in this crystal, and then actual light pops out. So um, I I believe in our our heart puts out like electromagnetic. Uh, radiation that's uh, pretty pretty powerful, and very unmeasurable uh, elect- electromagnetic field um, that uh, often kind of changes based on based on um, your mood and the intensity of emotion you're feeling. So uh, we're we're able we're able to really connect with with other people um, on on a level. Uh, where telepathy is possible, which I would not have been thinking that was possible a year ago, not before having the experience. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done anything uh, stronger than marijuana, so I can't really speak on psychedelics. I, I've always been like iffy about it because I know that you know that, oh, there's a lot of long-term effects with some of them. I know that sometimes some of them stick with you for a while. Like I know what happened to the the guy from. Uh, was it Pink Floyd? Like he had the yeah, yeah. HPV. Yeah. Perceptional disorder, hyperactivity, persistent perceptual disorder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a friend. I have a friend that uh, got. Uh, it, it, it seems pretty pretty rare. Um, when he got it, he was he was in. Uh, well, I, I I guess I don't really want to talk too much too much about. Uh, but yeah, it 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 it, it, had, it, it does. It is common, but you have to take like some pretty, pretty. For most people, you have to take uh, something that's really, really potent uh, and and, and long, long-lasting. It seems like if you, if you if you really if you really go overboard.
certain substances are more likely to cause this than other substances. I, I, I would say that I, I haven't I haven't had uh, an experience, and I, and I, I smoked DMT and vitamin DMT, and I've had breakthroughs on both uh, with like full ego death. So that's why you're hallucinating so so hard. You stop hallucinating, and everything like goes white, and you're not, like you're, you have no sense of self, and you're um, completely out of body. So uh, that didn't that didn't cause it for me. And I, and I think it's pretty rare that people that stuff while doing like LSD and mushrooms. Mush, mushrooms, by the way, are a different form of DMT. It's a uh, 4-HO DMT. It's, it's, it's pretty much it's like orally active DMT. Um, it's slightly more sedating. Uh, not mushrooms make you tired. They make me yawn and stuff. And uh, like LSD doesn't do that. I, I believe LSD is like the perfect uh, ADHD medicine because I microdose like five days a week and it lasts. Like I microdose, it lasts for like eight hours. I take like 30 micrograms, and I definitely notice when do microdose that my productivity is way for like programming and coding. Uh, do you think there's a like can people uh, reach like a more like have a breakthrough just through meditation or even? Because I remember I had like a, uh, a really intense dream that felt like I was outside my body or something like that. Like I, I had weird experiences like that, just like uh, in my in like very strong uh, dreams and stuff. Um, so do you think that drugs and psychedelics are like the only way to make those kinds of breakthroughs? Or no, no, uh, I think they're kind of like cheat code. They're they're they just uh, the ability to uh, really uh, shift and alter alter our consciousness um, in a very predictable way um, that's easy to achieve but uh, through like guided breathing yoga and like hours of meditation um, you achieve you can achieve the, these same states um, without without taking psychedelics it's just uh more difficult to go about it about it that that way. Where it takes more of a time commitment. So you, you view it as a shortcut, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's like a uh, cheat code. Hmm. And I guess, like, uh, from your experience, you'd say like it's not like just in your brain, or and because I know like the mind can be very powerful. Uh, but I guess it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's hard for me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Like, I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I, I'm open to things. I also try to be skeptical, you know, about a lot of things. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't have, like, I guess the answers to that. But I, got, but I know a lot of people have said, like, they've had, like, experience that they, they, they seem, that felt genuine, I guess, to them. Like, genuine and... Like they really were in touch with like some other kind of uh, reality, or maybe maybe it's different. You know, I know there's different dimensions and uh, yeah, par- yeah. And there's, uh, different, there's different there's different dimensions and different planes to to the to the spirit world, and the waking world is in the spirit world as well. Uh, it's just like there's different like rules that like um and different different levels too. Uh, like it's possible to lucid dream. But then, while being lucid dreaming, there's also different levels of control that you can have over the dream. And uh, even if you're not lucid dreaming, you can you can encounter like metaphysical things, have spirit guides uh, show up. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, but but a dream, but in uh, dreams, I notice like even a lot of the times the people I, I think I haven't met in the dream is like someone I would just I've just seen like at a place or this someone I met a long time ago that I don't necessarily remember or maybe even like someone I've saw in like a a TV show or something. So sometimes I think oh these are people I haven't met that I'm meeting in the dream world, but then I think oh maybe it is my mind because you know oh I I'm, I actually did meet that person a long time ago in a totally different context. Uh, but I, but I do think, um, but I do always think that dreams are a way to kind of 
tell you stuff that you're repressing, like repressed thoughts about like yourself or your fears. So I think you can you can solve a lot of problems in the waking world or like in your waking life through your dreams if you I guess learn to control your dreams more you can control your life more because it's kind of uh, repressed stuff about yourself that's 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 kind of what it, what I tend yeah, to think I, a lot of dreams are I, yeah. I, I agree uh, a lot with that uh, um, not, I would say I would say like 80% of my dreams are nightmares and I'm not I'm not usually they said like oftentimes I'll wake up and I'll be like Man, like that was so that scenario was so outrageous. There's eight tornadoes coming towards me. Why? <laughs> Where did that happen? Yeah. Uh, but but I, I feel like our brain uh, does use uh, dream time and being being in this, you're kind of like scared or paranoid, uh, and uh, especially like nightmares and stuff. Like it. it, it your brain is working out problems and thinking about things in a very abstract way. Uh, memories in our brain are very interesting. They're held as quantum uh, information. Um, we, we found this out uh, pretty recently that within the neuron itself, we used to think that memories were held uh, as connections between neurons. Uh, but we, now we've heard that within a neuron, um, the neuron records um, records information um, and multiple uh, as 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 quantum spin states. They said the pulse of uh, uh, um, energy down the tube of its its bio um, its biochemical um, when the when the electrical pulse is moving through the neuron, um, it 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 stores it it makes an imprint of of that. So when we're when we're um, recalling memories and dreams, we're we're pulling together these these memories in an abstract way that, that doesn't necessarily correlate with the way they were stored. Um, it, it, it's like a David Lynch uh, film. Uh, uh, what? Like a David Lynch film. I don't know he has he has a couple movies that are like dreams, like like the person's dreaming, and he had and there's all these like. Uh, like Mulholland Drive, like most of the movies, supposed to be this this actress woman's dream, um, and it's all like symbolic about like her waking life. But I don't know. It kind of it's just like similar. It's like paints a picture similar to what you were talking about, like how how it uh, it's like memories and and it connects them in a way uh, we wouldn't necessarily connect them in our waking life. Yeah, and, and sometimes I guess it's, it's wish fulfillments too. Your dreams, yeah, desires. <laughs> uh, we had a good chat. I think. I mean, I was a little lost with some of the stuff about uh, Bitcoin and all that. But uh... yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the ideas I hold on cryptocurrency are are rather extreme. Uh, not not everyone who's a Bitcoiner like believes that. Like uh, financial collapse is imminent. Uh, I really, I really do see that there's systemic risk. Um, the way the current system is set up, uh, and uh, it's in, it's in, it's unjust. And I see, it regardless of, of whether or not the system collapses, I see, it, I see it as uh, probably one of the best investments people can make. In the sense that. Um, it's divisible to eight decimal places. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that can never exist. And the cost of acquiring a Bitcoin um, through mining uh, continues to go up every six to nine months. Uh, there's twice as much hashing power on the Bitcoin network. Um, and every four years, uh, the amount of new Bitcoins get cut in half. So... Uh, to extrapolate out that current growth rate, um, the cost the cost of creating a new Bitcoin in two years from now will be over a hundred thousand dollars, and I believe the price will, will follow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on and uh, like sharing your views about everything. I'd like to have uh, 
like people give views that are kind of outside the main. I mean, I do a lot of interviews with like artists and musicians and uh, people like that too. But I also like to have people with, uh, I guess, perspectives outside the mainstream. So uh, I guess uh, look into what he said and uh, any any suggestions where people should start. Just. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would uh, uh, go online and talk with other people, have an active, active dialect, um, and look, look uh, on like Bitcoin Talks is a, is a really great message board where um, uh, like Reddit used to be good, but Reddit, Reddit is kind of annoying because it's like a popularity contest and it's and, like old stuff doesn't really get archived very well um so uh bitcoin bitcoin talk you can you can kind of uh go back in time and, and, and see see what people people were talking back like back in the day 2012 2013 um and uh um really really explore each subtopic within the cryptocurrency space uh in, in a more um Alright, well, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It was a uh, good chatting with you and all that, and uh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Alright, yeah, I'll let you know when this is up and all that. Alright, cool. Alright, well, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Alright, so that about does it for today's episode of BSing with Sean K. If you want to keep updated with future episodes, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, uh, it was also an RSS feed on my blog and all that good stuff. Yeah, that was a, a good talk we had. Uh, I feel like I contributed more to like the the part about dreams than I did uh, about Bitcoin or some of the other stuff because I wasn't as informed about those topics as I uh, as I'd like to be. Like I told you, I I, I looked into them, but I was a little confused with uh, Bitcoin and everything. But uh, hopefully you've learned something new and you found it entertaining to listen to. And that's about it for this episode, like I said. So I'll catch you on the next one. BSing with Who? BSing with What? BSing with Sean K. BSing with Who? BSing with What? BSing with